Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. I'm just going to share with you here the Word of God, because the Word is amazing. Amen. And we've been on a series here um, called Follow the Leading of the Holy Ghost, right? So we need to follow the Lord's leading. We need to be able to hear his voice, to, to discern his leading, because let me tell you, and the Bible says um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I believe it is, um, there's many voices in this world and none are without, are without significance. So you're going to hear voices, right? There's going to be voices of doubt, voices of unbelief. There's going to be good voices, bad voices, many different voices speaking to you. But if we, we need to be able to distinguish and to discern his voice. Amen. To be able to hear his voice when he's trying to lead us. So the Holy Spirit does lead us. You know, and I said this last week, our relationship with God, it is meant to be personal, right? We don't need to hear from God through somebody else. We can hear directly from God by the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're under a new covenant that's based on better promises, right? And this presence of God, the Spirit of God, it is not made in a temple or in a building made with hands. It, the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us. Amen. And we can hear directly from him. It is his purpose and it is his desire to speak to us and to lead us and guide us, right? So he gave us the Holy Spirit to lead us, guide us, and show us things to come. I'm so glad Jesus didn't leave us on our own to figure, any, to figure everything out. Are you? Amen. I, I, I'm glad I don't have to trust in my own ability to make my own way. I, I, I want to be able to be led by him because I, I won't be able to make it on my own. Amen. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't leave us on our own to figure everything out. So we need the leading of the Holy Spirit in order to navigate our way through this life. So, you know, we've spent a good couple of weeks now laying some foundations here. And um, it's so important that we understand, first and foremost, who we really are. Right? We are spirit being. That's the real you. And that is how he leads you. If you don't understand that, you'll be waiting to hear a voice in your head, which people will oblige. The devil will oblige. You will be waiting to hear different um, uh, signs. You'll want to be seen signs and, and all of these things because you're, 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 you're carnal. You're not, you're not uh, spirit conscious. Because, and you, so you need to understand spirit, soul, and body. You need to understand who you really are. And, and how God speaks to us, right? So it is so important that we become spirit conscious. Do not get distracted and deceived by the noise of the world or sucked into the carnal realm. We, we, need, to be, we need to be aware that we're spirit beings, right? So um, you need to give time to feed in your spirit. You know, the Bible talks about it a lot, about renewing our minds and the importance of, of allowing the word of God to wash over us right? Because when we renew our minds with the word of God, our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, begins to line up with our recreated, reborn, perfected spirit, right? And then that's when things start to manifest. God's power starts to manifest in our lives, right? We must renew our mind. We must get our thoughts uh, aligned with his, right? Your spirit is where the Lord leads, and it's where the Holy Spirit dwells. And our, one of our launching off scriptures was Proverbs 20 in verse 27. It says, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. So a lamp, it gives light, it illuminates. Where will you receive this light? Where will you be illuminated and enlightened? In your spirit, because that's where Holy Spirit is. He's not in your mind. He's not in your physical body, so to speak. He's in your spirit, right? That's where he is, right? God is spirit and you are spirit because we're made in the image and likeness of God, right? So... 
It's important that we understand these things. So I've given time to this. He leads us by his spirit in our spirit. We've looked at the word of God to see that there's different ways that the Holy Spirit leads us, right? There's by the inward witness. That is your inward perception. It is the, it's an inner knowing, right? You just, it's a sense that you have on the inside that you just, and you just know it's a green light, red light. You know, you just know, oh, shall I proceed? Shall I not proceed? Shall I go this way? You know, shall I do this? Shall I do that? And, and he leads us by an inner knowing. It's a perception. And that will become, you'll become more confident and that will become stronger the more spirit conscious you become. The more you yield to his leading, the stronger these things will be. So um, his spirit bears witness with our spirit, as it says in Romans chapter 8. That's how we know that we're saved, right? Because his, his spirit bears witness with our spirit. People say, how do you know? You just know, right? Because that's Holy, Holy Spirit is now on the inside of you, taking up residence, right? So you just know something's changed on the inside of me. I can't sometimes explain it. I can't show it to you because it's, it's not, you know, it's not physical. I still look the same, but Holy Spirit's now on the inside of me and I've been reborn. That is the inward witness. And that's how he also leads us every day, right? Then there's the still small voice, which is the voice of our spirit, right? So um, our born again, recreated spirit picks up what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do. Uh, this is why, can you see now why it is so important to understand spirit, soul, and body? Because there, people just look at a person and say, oh, they're all the one. No, you need to understand there's three parts to you, right? And, and, and so when your conscience, um, when you get born again, your conscience now can now be trusted. Your conscience can be trusted because um, you've been reborn and you've been perfected in, 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 in holiness and righteousness. So your conscience is the still small voice that speaks to you. And then the other way that we looked at last week, I think we closed off with this, was the, the authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit. So it's also an inward voice, but it's different than the still small voice. It's when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and to the point that, oh, you actually think that, oh, maybe somebody's there and actually speaking to me in an audible voice. It's so authoritative and commanding that you, that you think, you know, maybe somebody's speaking. And we've given examples for each one of these in the Word. And we closed um, uh, last week in uh, 1 Samuel, remember when... Um, when Samuel uh, didn't realize that God was calling him, he thought it was Eli. And he kept getting up out of his bed and going in and saying, yes, master, yes, master, what can I do? What can I do for you? And he was like, I didn't call you, go back to bed. And this was happening like three times to the point then when uh, he, be, he, he knew then, oh, when God calls, I need to answer. Because Eli told him, no, 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 I, I think the Lord's calling you. I perceive the Lord's calling you. So when he called you the next time, say, here I am, Lord. What, what do you want? That was, you know, God speaking to him, right? And he thought, it was, he, he thought it was somebody else, right? So God can lead us and guide us in these different ways, right? And it's so important that we understand them. No matter what way the Holy Spirit is leading us, unless we're spirit conscious, we're not going to be able to discern his leading, right? We're not going to be able to hear his voice and, and, and know when he's leading us. We need to be seeking him, we need to be seeking him. The more intimate we become with the Lord, the more we will distinguish his voice and distinguish his leading. Do, do you know everything always points back to intimacy? The more, the closer we are to God. You see, that's what I'm talking about, that personal relationship. The more you're drawing near to God, he's drawing near to you, right? He's, he's revealing things to you. He's speaking things to you. He's showing you things to come. He is leading you by his spirit. But if you're a way off chasing other things and, and chasing your desires and, and, and chasing the carnal things of this world, you know, you're, gonna be, you're not going to be able to hear and be sensitive to the Lord when he's speaking to you. 
So you, have, you need to be intimate. You need to be able to, to hear him, right? So these are things that we must develop and grow into. Remember, we looked at it doesn't happen automatically. Yes, you become born again, right? Which the Spirit of God then comes to live on the inside of you. You don't have to do anything, so to speak, to make that happen. You just have to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and then you are, you are saved, right? Call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. So the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. But see, the relationship, just like any other relationship, needs to be worked on and developed, Right? Think of any other relationship that you have. It needs to be, you need to give time to it. You need to give energy to it. You need to, you need to be desiring and seeking and loving. And, you know, it, it requires work, right? So the more that you communicate, the closer you get, the, the communication increases, right? So you need to give time to your relationship with God. The more you're seeking him, the more you'll be able to follow his leading, right? So, um, you know... <laughs> Uh, it's encouraging me as I'm looking at these things and studying these things out over these past couple of months. I look back at my own life and I can see, you know, I'm still learning how to follow his leading. I'm still learning. I don't know everything. And I'm still learning to, to be able to discern his voice. But one thing I do know is I can do it a lot better than I could a few years ago. Why? Because I am desiring to hear from him. I am desiring to be in a more deeper, intimate relationship with him. And because of that, I now can hear his voice. I I have a greater understanding of the things of God. I have a greater understanding of the word of God, and that helps as well, right? So these things are all, they all have a part to play, right? And that's, I want to get into the the word here, the purpose of the word when it comes to leading us in in a few moments here. But, you know, your desire is key, church. And, and my goodness, the Lord has been really showing me and talking to me a lot about desire these past couple of months. And you'll hear me talk about it a lot. Your desire is key. What are you desiring? What are you desiring? You see, do you want to know what's on his heart? And sometimes he'll show you things that's not comfortable. <laughs> He'll show you things that maybe you're like, oh, Lord, I wish you didn't show me that, or I wish I didn't know that. I was better off ignorant. Um, But you're not better off. It's just because your flesh is uncomfortable in that moment, but he's trying to grow you. He's He's trying to mature you. He's trying to develop you to make you look more like him. Oh, church, is that not the goal? I want to look more like Jesus. So things are going to need pruned. Things are going to need shaved off. So he reveals what's on his heart to us, right? things that need to go maybe from our lives or whatever it may be, right? So that, that comes the closer you get to him. Do you want to know what's on his heart? Is that what you're desiring? You see, your desire, this is where our desires can get skewed at times, right? It's not about wanting to know how to follow the Lord's eating. I want to know how to follow the Lord's eating. I, I do, I do, I desire those things, but why do you desire them? Where, what's your motive, right? Is it because, oh, I want to know all the answers. I want to know every step. I want to know every every, I want to know what's around every corner. I want to know what to do in every single circumstance and situation, right? And that is part, that is part of it. Like when you are able to follow the Lord's leading, he will lead you and guide you. But you have to remember, we walk by faith, right? So he's not going to reveal every single thing to you in every single detail. He might give you a direction or he might give you an instruction and then he expects you to go. Go in what? Go in faith. And as you step and as you walk, and as you have a relationship with him, and walk with him, and commune with him, and seek him, he's revealing more and more and more along the way. You're not going to have the whole roadmap with every single stop and pinpoint thing before you take the step of faith. 
He wants you to walk by faith, right? So it's not about wanting to know all the answers, and it's not about, I want to know how to follow the Lord's leading, because I want to be successful. I want men's praise. I want to be applauded. And you think, you think, yes, it's for the kingdom, but really when you strip all that back, it's just because you, you want to be elevated. You want to be noticed. You want to feel important. And that is so wrong. There are the wrong motives about why we, why we want to be able to hear from God. Yes, we admit, oh, yes, God knows all things. Yes, God will be able to give me the answer for this. Yes, God could be able to give me the direction for this. But when we strip our motives, when we strip everything back and we, our motives are, are revealed, it's like, oh, it's because I, I want to be successful and I want this and I want that. The reason why we should be want to be able to follow his leading is so that we can be just more intimate with him and we'd be able to step with him, stay in step with him and just wherever he says to to go, go, and whatever he says to do, to do. It doesn't matter, Lord, if you don't tell me why. It doesn't matter if you don't tell me where. If you just tell me to go, I'll go and I'll trust you. I'll trust you. And you know the more he can trust you, the more he's going to reveal to you. You know, you, you have to prove yourself trustworthy. So he's not going to share with you things that's on his heart for you or for anything else or for his kingdom or whatever, unless he can trust you to, to obey him, to carry you through, to be in faith, right? So our desire of why we want to follow his lead is so important, right? Um, turn in your Bibles with me here to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, <clears throat> it says here in verse 57, but thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that verse just such a reason to rejoice? What, like, what, like seriously, thanks be to God that he's given us the victory. The victory belongs to us. Amen. And then it goes on to say, therefore, my beloved brethren, that's me, I hope that's you. My beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Oh, your labor is not in vain. When you're steadfast, when you're immovable, it it's going to take work. It's going to take labor. Or else it it's telling us here there's labor involved. And sometimes we don't want the labor, we just want the results. Right? You need to, you need to understand that there is labor. Being steadfast and being immovable in faith, it's going to require labor. It's, it's, not, it's not just going to fall into our lap. Right? We need to trust God. We need to, to, we're going to have to get our hands stuck in, right? So, but I love this first part of this verse here where it says, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, full stop. Like, powerful, right? We must be steadfast and immovable in our, in our faith. Praise God that we have the victory. But where is our victory, right? Our victory is for those who are in Christ, right? Because it tells us here, thanks be to God who gives the victory through who? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. So if you are in him, you are victorious. That's where your victory is, right? We must be steadfast, therefore, and we must be immovable, right? Um, we have the authority to enforce Christ's victory. We have the authority to enforce it. It needs to be enforced, right? People think, I don't feel like I have victory because you're not enforcing it. You need to enforce Christ's victory. You see, it's not about you trying to, um, trying to, you know, get the victory, get the victory, get the victory. Jesus has already won the victory. Jesus is already victorious. Jesus has, has won the victory for you. He has gained it for you and has given it to you for those who are in him. Because that's what the Bible has just told us here, 
right? But you see, we need to enforce that victory by being steadfast, being immovable in the faith, always abounding in the work of the Lord and being lab- and you know, putting labor in, knowing that then our labor is not in vain. We're not doing all this as a waste of our time. We're doing it because we know we'll have a manifestation of the victory, right? So the Lord was just kind of showing me some of these things here, how our, our, our faith walk is a, is a fight. And we know that from 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. It says it's a good fight of faith. Everyone say good fight. <laughs> you know, there's some fights that are not good fights. The faith fight is a good fight. But let me tell you, it's still a fight. It's still a fight. You say, well, how do we fight it? You fight it from the stance of victory. Because 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, we are victorious for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you say, well, why am I fighting then? Because you need to enforce the victory. Amen? You need to be steadfast. You need to be immovable, right? Because, you know, Satan will try and tell you that you're not victorious. He'll bring situations and circumstances. You know, we have an adversary. (laughs) We have an enemy, right? Who exalts himself, you know, higher than God. He he, He wants all the glory, right? So he tries to... He tries to bring these situations and circumstances to to prove to us that we're not victorious. But how are you victorious? Look what you're going through. That doesn't look like victory to me, right? But you see, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. The just shall live by faith. It's a faith walk, right? So we're not, stop being so focused on the natural. Stop being so focused on what you can see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, we're too focused on what we can see, and we think that's our only reality. No, 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 no. Your reality is based on what the Word of God says, who you really are in Christ, because that doesn't change. Your circumstances will. They'll be up one day, they'll be down the next, right? Don't put your faith and all your hope in those. Put your faith in Christ. That's where your victory is. So it's a good fight of faith. We know, we must know, and I mean no, and I, I italicize those words here. No, you have to know that you have the victory. You have to know, right? That's, you just have to know it. Our road to the manifestation of our victory may look different, right? And, and um, you know, what do you believe in God for, right? And just even the way God's been ministering to us and speaking to us through this service, it's just all, all lined up together. Praise God, the Holy Spirit's amazing. Right, but just like we heard at the beginning here, you know, what do you believe in God for? What is the breakthrough that you need in your life? Like, are you believing God for healing in your body? Are you believing God for some some kind of breakthrough, prosperity, deliverance? You know, whatever it may be, what do you believe in God for? You need to believe that you already have the victory, right? But your road to that victory, to the manifestation of that victory, may look different, right? So, for example, you know, um, if it's healing in your body, right? we need to do what the Word of God says, right? We know what the Word of God teaches us. It t- teaches us about our words and our confession and, and you know, how we speak and, and, and you know, t- to speak to the mountain. And look, I did a series on healing, that God's will is healing there a couple of months back, and I talked about all these things. The Word of God gives us clear instruction about what to do, right? But did you know that um, sometimes when you're standing in faith for something, the Holy Spirit will give you specific direction, he will give you something specific. He will give you a, a specific um, word, something precise that he wants you to do, right? If you're not able to follow his leading, that will hinder you from walking in the victory that already belongs to you, 
right? Because he may be giving you an instruction that he wants you to do something specific, right? And I heard, um, I heard a minister share this testimony or this story about um, a friend of theirs who, who had, had got sick. I believe, I believe it was cancer or something. Um, they, God healed them. They had faith. They, they believed in God's word. They got prayed for. They got healed, right? And um, a, a couple of years later, they got attacked in their body again, right? So the, what did this, per- this person was born again, you know, this person had got healed, had tasted the goodness of God, had seen the victory in their life, and then, you know, they get attacked, right? Because just who knows that, you know, the enemy will come back. <laughs> he'll, try and, he'll try and come back, but that's why you need to know that you have the victory, right? That you squash those things when he comes. So this person got attacked in their body by the sickness again, and they just automatically went and done what they'd done the first time. See, the Holy Spirit had given them instructions about what to do the first time, and they got healed. So then they just said, oh, I'm just going to do what I'd done the last time. But they didn't seek God. They didn't see, oh, Holy Spirit, is this what you want me to do this time? You see, there could be specific guidance. There could be specific direction that he wants you to do, that he wants you to, to, to take, right? And the Holy Spirit is who will lead us to that victory. That, that person died, Right? Because they, they just automatically assumed, I need to go and do what I done the last time instead of listening out for the church. I'm telling you, I cannot stress how important it is to be able to follow the Lord's leading. You need to be able to follow the Lord's leading because he will lead you into the right path. He will lead you to the victory that belongs to you. But you have to be able to hear his voice. And don't just assume that the direction that he's given you is, you know, you could look at somebody else in the exact same situation and say, I'm going to do what they're doing. And they, and they could be doing something wonderful, something that the word says, and yes, that's good. But, you know, you need to seek God about, there's certain things that we, we know to do that we should be doing, like our confession, different things like that. But when you see somebody doing something maybe specific or something, you're like, I'm going to do it. It's working for them. I'm going to do it. That doesn't necessarily mean the Lord wants you to do that. He may want you to do something else you need to be able to hear his voice. You need to be able to follow his leading. Your journey to receiving and walking in victory may look different than somebody else's journey, right? We have the word of God and we must obey God's word and what he tells us to do, but we're gonna need Holy Spirit to guide us to the manifestation of that victory, right? The Holy Spirit knows all things and we must consult him when we need direction for what we're believing for, right? Um, The word of God and the Spirit of God go hand in hand. Amen. Remember I talked about that a couple of weeks back. I think it was even before I started looking into these things. The Word of God, the Logos, the written Word of God, Jesus, the living Word. It's Jesus, right? And the Spirit of God, they both agree. They're two keys that that we've been given to, to walk in victory in this life the word and the spirit, and we need to avail of them. We need to grab a hold of them and, 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 and receive as much and, and walk in as much as what we, what we can, right? And, and what is available to us, the word and the spirit go hand in hand. They don't disagree. They never disagree, right? Um, we need both of them in our lives in order to be led by God. And I want to, that's what I want to talk to you here a wee bit about this morning. So we've looked at... Um, you know, how the Lord can lead us in specific ways, by the inward witness, by the still small voice, by the voice of the Holy Spirit, right? He can lead us and guide us by these ways. But did you know that one of the biggest ways the Lord leads us is by his word? Is by his word. And this is why I keep stressing that about how we're off 
we're over here looking for something sensational and spectacular and we're missing what God's given us right here in the word of God, right? Turn with me to Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one and verse 17. It says, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Love that verse. These, these Ephesian prayers are powerful. And I encourage you, pray them over yourself every day. Right? These Ephesian prayers that Paul wrote here under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, they're powerful. Right? In chapter 1 and chapter 3 there, there's some great ones. So, but he's writing here that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You know knowledge is important. Like, knowledge is important. But the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Right? If you don't know the truth, how can you walk in the truth? You have to know. Knowledge is important, right? Knowledge is essential. It is essential that we know, everyone say no, no. the word of God. However, right? Having a, lot of, having a lot of knowledge without the wisdom to apply it isn't going to benefit you much, right? You can have all the knowledge in the world. And I, I, did you ever meet those people who, are, who know everything? Who know everything? Right? And they've all the knowledge in the world, but I mean, you're like, where's the sense? Where's the common sense in, the, in a lot of this, in a lot of how they live their life? You don't see it. They have a lot of knowledge, but there's, they lack wisdom. You know, knowledge is going to benefit you when you have the wisdom to apply it. Paul's praying here that he gives us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. It's a spirit. It's Holy Spirit. <laughs> right? You need to marry the two together. He's writing about the spirit of wisdom and revelation, which comes from the Holy Spirit, who's now living on the inside of you, right? He goes on to say in verse 18 that the eyes of your understanding, which is what? Your spirit will be enlightened. Our spirit becomes enlightened when we receive Holy Spirit. Remember, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. So when we receive Holy Spirit, we're receiving his wisdom. And you often hear me say that too. That's why when you receive Holy Spirit, when you even get filled with the Holy Spirit, indwelling and infilling, because it's two separate things, when you receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, bam, the word of God starts to make so much more sense to you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is revealing. The Holy Spirit is bringing wisdom. And then the Bible also says to ask for it and he gives it liberally, right? We need wisdom. Who wants wisdom? You know, go read Solomon. Go read about the life of Solomon. How he had wisdom and what he had, what God had, that's what he asked God for. Not more riches, not more, not more power, not more things, wisdom. And God said it was a good thing that he asked for, right? You can have all the knowledge in the world and, and this is the problem. People are tr they're trying, the mistake that we can make is we're reading the word and we're in the word to get more knowledge, to get more knowledge, to get more knowledge, to get more knowledge, to get more knowledge. And your, mind, your head is full of this knowledge, but there's no wisdom to apply it, right? You need to approach the word with the Holy Spirit, who's going to reveal it to you and give wisdom to you, right? 
He brings wisdom. Isaiah chapter 11, you don't have to turn there, but Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2, it says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Do you know, people read this and be like, oh, there's so many. No, there's, no, there's one Holy Spirit right? The, this here is giving us, is showing us his attributes, the character of revealing to us who he is. He's all of these things, right? So there's the spirit of wisdom and understanding. So we, it's going to be pretty difficult as followers of Christ if we don't know how to follow the spirit of God, which is the spirit of wisdom and understanding. We need to be able to follow his leading, right? When we take the knowledge that we receive through God's word and through our intimacy and relationship with him, right? Because that comes with it. The more you know, the more, closer you get to him, the more you're going to know. And knowledge comes, right? So the more we take the knowledge that we receive through the word of God, through our relationship with him, and blend it together with the wisdom we receive from Holy Spirit, it's a, it's a powerful combination. Amen? There's life in it. It's going to be so much easier to follow his leading and to walk in the manifestation of the victory that belongs to us. It belongs to you, right? We can't be all word and no spirit. And we can't be all spirit and no word, right? If you're all word and no spirit, you're full of all of this knowledge, and, and, but there's, there's no power, there's no wisdom, there's no wisdom to apply it. If you're all spirit and you're no word, you're over here looking for the sensational and you're in you know, the corner with all of the, with the flakes and, and, and all of this and you don't, have, you don't have the word of God to balance it out. There's a balance. The word and the spirit balance. You know, Smith Wigglesworth said, prophesied about the, the last days and he said, there'll be a greater understanding and revelation of the word and the spirit working together like never before people understanding that it's going to require both in order to be led successfully in these last days. You need a balance of the word and the spirit. You can't be out of balance in these areas. They both work together and they don't disagree, right? So um, when we take the Logos word, which is the living word, right, and allow the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom to to apply that knowledge, right, then we're going to be able to start being led by him. We're going to be able to start following his leading. The Holy Spirit can speak directly to us through the rhema word, right? You know, when when you open up the word of God here and it's the logos word, it's the written word, and then something, a verse just jumps out at you. Did you ever have that happen to you? Something, a light bulb goes off and you're like, yes, that just, it's like it becomes 3D. It just pops out of the page because the Holy Spirit's speaking something directly to you. That is the rhema word. He's revealing the word to you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Right? This is just examples of him working, of these two things working together. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's when the Holy Spirit speaks directly to you. It's the rhema word of God, right? And it brings faith. It brings faith. The Holy Spirit reveals the word to us, right? So we looked at the different ways the Lord can lead us, right? And, but we also need to understand that he, he guides us a lot by his word, right? Jesus said <clears throat> uh, that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth, right? What is truth? What is the truth? In John chapter 17, in verse 17, it says, sanctify them by your, this is Jesus speaking, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So the Holy Spirit leads us to his word, They work together. 
right? He leads us into all truth. And this also teaches us that they never disagree, because if he's leading us to his word, you're not going to find, listen, I don't care if you say, if you 100%, if you come up to me and say, oh, 100%, I know the Holy Spirit spoke to me. If it contradicts, goes against, or opposes anything that is in his word, I guarantee you it is not God. It's not God. Because he, his word and his spirit will never disagree. They'll never disagree. You know, you've, uh, you may hear it said, I asked God for direction, but all he gave me was a verse. And you're complaining about that? I asked God for specific, and he just let, uh, all that keeps coming up is this verse. Well, then you need to meditate more on that verse because I'm telling you there's something in there for you. He's guiding you into all truth. He's leading you by his word, right? What greater thing could you, be, like what more could you want? It's, it's the word of God, it's, it's, it's Jesus himself, Amen? It's truth. I want to be led by truth. I don't want to be led by a lie. So if he's leading you to his word, he's leading you to truth. Because his word is truth. John 17, 17. And then you have the Holy Spirit to apply that truth. And to give you wisdom to unravel it and, and have it revealed to you. Right? Powerful. Psalm 119, 105 is another one. It is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. What is the word of God? You want to know the way? The word's a lamp. The Bible says it's a light to our path, right? The Holy Spirit will never tell you to do something that contradicts the written word of God, right? It's a dangerous place that people get themselves into when you hear them say, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what the Bible says, but, but right now I'm not, I'm not concerned with that. I, I know the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I've heard that before, church. People say it. People get into this place where they're like, they're disregarding what the word says. And even if it's a contradiction of what they're saying, this revelation that they said the Lord gave them, and if it's opposing what the word says or it's contradicting what the word says or what the word teaches, and then, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Or you're trying to say, well, the word says this. So I don't, you know, and you're trying to, no, 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 no. I know what the word says, but I know this was God. I'm telling you, it's a dangerous place to be. The two will never disagree with each other. Never, right? Remember this. If you only want to be led by a voice, there's many different voices in the world, like I said, right? And if you want to hear voices, I guarantee you, you'll start hearing voices, but they may not be the right voice for you to hear. They may not be a healthy voice. They will be the voice that will lead you maybe to destruction, Romans 8, 14 says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, not for those who are led by voices and by all of these supernatural things that we desire sometimes and get off track, right? We need to be able to distinguish the Lord's voice. Always test what you hear with what the Word of God says. I'm not saying that you, the Lord won't, won't speak to you in a voice... I'm after teaching for two or three weeks there about the different ways the Lord leads. And yes, it's by an inward voice. So I'm not saying that these things won't happen. And I'm also, I'm also not saying that you shouldn't be desiring them because it's a promise of God that, we should, that we're able to hear from him. But 
if you're not testing it with what the Word of God says, or if, if you're hearing something and you're like, oh, that doesn't sound right to what the Word of God has been teaching me, then if it's disagreeing, it's not God, right? The Word of God and the Spirit of God will never disagree. They won't be in opposition to one another, okay? And speaking about testing things, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, test what? All things, or prove all things. Hold fast to what is good. Test all things. Don't just take what you hear and run with it, right? Put it, shine, it, shine the light of God's word on it, and then if it's of God, it will agree with what the word's teaching you, right? If it goes against what the word says, which is the primary way that the Lord leads us, then it's not from God. Never step away from the word, right? Even if you're receiving some revelation through a dream, through a vision, a voice, or whatever, don't accept anything without examining it first in the light of God's word. The Bible says to prove or to test all things, right? So, <clears throat> you know, some people say, well, what do you mean tested against the word? Like, you know, what if it's about something specific or general? And I'm going to get to that in a wee minute. But listen, I tell you, the word of God, the spirit of God is never going to lead you to do something unrighteous, to do something immoral. The spirit of God is never going to lead you against, you know, what, you, what your spirit on the inside is convicting you about. He's not going to lead you um, uh, into, into danger or into sin or any of those things, right? So if, like, I don't care, no matter how good something seems, if it's going to, if it's going to require for you to compromise or to water down what you believe or anything like that, it, that's not Holy Spirit because he's not going to lead you to do those things right? He's not going to contradict his word. Um, so, again, we've taught on the inward witness, the inward voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit, and these are ways that the Lord can lead us in specific things. For example, if you're looking for a job, right? Anyone ever in here looking for a job before? And, you know, you may get several uh, um, companies wanting your services, right? Requiring for you or asking for you to come to work with them. If you're praying, if you're seeking God about it, you know, you're not going to open up the Bible and see, you know, Google. Or you're not going to open up the Bible and see, you know, a, a specific company in, in the Word of God if you're buying your house, right? You're not going to open up the Word of God and say, if you, you find these two houses that you really, really like, and you're like, I like this one for these reasons, I like this one for these reasons. You're not going to open up the Word of God and find the address of the right house for you, written. Okay? So how are we led in these ways? We're led by the Spirit of God. We're led by the inward witness. We're led by the inward voice. We're led by the voice of the Holy Spirit, who wants to give us specific, precise instructions or guidance got to do with what, what we're coming up against or facing. Okay, so those details you will know by the specific leading of the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean? He's, he is showing you things to come. Remember I said that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? He's revealing to, things to us and he's showing us things to come. He is showing you what to do. Following this leading will require time and patience. <laughs> 
It will require time and patience. And remember, I said about that a couple of weeks ago. I think I gave a bit of time to that where I said about how, you know, um, what, the, what the enemy wants to try and get you to do when you're trying to develop your ability to hear from God and follow his lead. And he wants to get you in a hurry. He wants to make you feel like you don't have time. To, you need to pick something, pick a decision, make a decision there and then. And a lot of the times when we make decisions in a hurry, it's often the wrong one. When we don't give enough prayer to it or give enough thought or, or seek, the, seek God enough about it right? Um, it's going to require time and patience, right? And remember, we looked at there's times when we're going to have to wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord, right? Turn with me here to Leviticus. Just to give an example here about, well, you know, what do we do about these specific instructions that, very specific or precise ones that we may not necessarily find in the Word of God, say, right? Here's an example here of Moses, right? When he came up against a situation um, that uh, he needed instruction about, right? So in Leviticus chapter 24, in verse, uh, let me see, verse 10. Now the son of a woman whose father was an Egyptian went out among the children of Israel. And this Israelite woman's son, so she was an Israelite, the father was an Egyptian. This woman's son and the man of Israel fought each other in the camp. And this woman's son blasphemed the name of the Lord and cursed. And so they brought him to Moses. And his mother's name was Shelomith, the daughter of Debri and of the tribe of Dan. Then they put him in custody that the mind of the Lord might be shown to them. Okay? That the mind of the Lord might be shown to them. So the consequence of this type of situation was likely something that they hadn't received yet in the written law of God. See, remember Moses was going up to Mount Sinai and he was, he was receiving the tablets of stone and, that had the instructions, the written law of God on, the, on, on them, right? So this was, this, was, this was, you know, something that maybe they hadn't received yet because if that was the case, they would have, Moses would have known what to do as soon as he was presented with this situation, right? But he put him in custody, he put him to one side until, and then he said, until the mind of the Lord is known right? That is part about how to be led by his spirit. You know, when he even gives you a word of knowledge and, 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 and starts operating the gifts of the spirit through you, it is so you have revelation of the very mind of God, right? It is so you know what is on his heart. You know what to do in a situation. Things are revealed to you, right? So there's things that we are going to need specific guidance on that we're going to have to learn to follow his leading. We're going to learn to have to put something to one side and say, I'm not making a decision on this right now because I don't know what the Lord wants me to do on this, but I'm going to seek him. I'm going to wait until I know what his heart is concerning this issue. Do you, are you following me, church? So there's times when, let me tell you, there's times when you're not going to know what to do. I, I don't, there's times when I don't know what to do, right? What do I do in those times? I don't rush into making a decision. I, have t I, I give it time and I have patience. I'm practicing that, those things. Why? Because if I rush to make a decision without consulting the Holy Spirit, it can lead me into danger. So you put it to one side. You put it in custody until the, heart of the, mi until the mind of the Lord is known. And he will reveal it to you. And if you read on through those verses, God revealed to Moses what exactly he needed to do. But if, and I'm sure Moses may have been under pressure you know, to come up with a decision, to come up, you know, to come up with an answer, 
right? And that's, a, that's another thing that we need to bear in mind as well, is there, if when, in those times and situations when we don't know what to do, don't rush into it, right? And this is important to understand, and God was speaking these things to me here, was God will always give you time to know his will. And more so, he will, and also added to that, he will give you time to confirm his will. See, it's going to require time for you to know the will of God. That comes through relationship. It comes through the word of God. It comes to, you know, through these things that we talk about, right? When you know the will of God, then you're going to, it's going to take time to confirm that will of God. For you specifically or in your own life, there's things that you're going to want to need to confirm. And God gives you the time to do those things. He's not going to rush you, right? So if you're feeling rushed into making a decision when you do not have the peace, and remember the peace is that inward witness. It's that green light on the inside of you. Follow the peace that God puts in your heart. Not what makes your flesh comfortable because there's a difference, right? If you're spirit conscious, you won't be listening out for your flesh. You'll be listening out for your spirit. If your spirit has the peace, if it's going along with what the word of God says, then proceed, right? If you don't have the peace, don't go. Don't act until you have the peace, until the will of God is confirmed to you because he will give you the time, right? The specifics that we may not find in the written word, we will find by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. They work together. And even sometimes, I know, speaking from personal experience, there's times where I've needed a specific, um, I've needed specific direction or guidance or whatever it may be. And the Lord still led me to a verse. And if I had have read that verse before, I would have thought it had absolutely nothing to do with what I need. But the Lord leads me to a verse and bam, something on the inside, not something, the Holy Spirit on the inside goes bam, and you know what to do. And you might think in the natural, that has absolutely nothing got to do with the specific guidance that I need. But see, the, word, the Lord will lead you by his word. And then when it comes to those specifics, you know, what company to choose, what house to buy, what to do, he will lead you by his spirit. You see, he wants to be involved in those areas of your life. People say, oh yeah, oh, God's not interested in that. God's put enough in me. God's put enough in me that I can make those decisions on my own. No, 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 church. Yes, he puts things in you. Yes, he gives you wisdom. Yes, he gives you knowledge. And those things are a benefit to you, but he doesn't give them to you so you can push him to one side and just go off on your own. He doesn't, he'll never lead you to a place where you stop consulting him. That's a dangerous place to be. Never stop consulting the Holy Spirit because he is our guide, right? Consult him in the little things, in the big things, in every area of your life. And he will lead you and guide you, right? Wait on the voice. Wait on the leading of the Holy Ghost. It is how the mature sons of God are led. Remember Romans 8, 14? The mature sons of God are those who have so much knowledge. The mature sons of God are, are, have infinite wisdom. No, the, uh, the mature sons of God are those who are led by the impulses of the Holy Ghost. You're tapping into his wisdom. You're tapping into his knowledge. It's not your own. You're depending on him to lead you. And that's, that's, where, the, that's where the key is. When you sense the peace, you'll know the answer. And guess what? Your answer will never contradict the word. Right? 
you'll need to become intimate with him and work on your relationship with him to become sensitive, right? And I've talked about this. It will require you to seek him. And get this, the closer you are to him, the more you'll know him. The more you'll know him, the more enlightened you become, right? Again, intimacy. You need to have intimacy, right? The Spirit of God can guide us in specific areas. Another way, uh, thing here that I have is in Joel. Not that Joel, the book Joel. He is smart, but he doesn't know everything. <laughs> Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Church, praise God that when his spirit is poured out, we can experience these things. You know, I was speaking to Pastor Ryan on the phone the other day just one of our lengthy phone calls where we just talk about the Word of God. But we're chatting about these things and, you know, um, just sharing with him what was on my heart. And, you know, we got up and talking about how, you know, there's a, there's a fine line between, you know, people then are afraid to, to start desiring these things, to, to be desiring, you know, for God to reveal dreams to them and, and, and visions and stuff. Because, because a lot of the times in the church and in the body of Christ, people have got way off right? That, but they've got way off then to the point that they start desiring altogether, stop desiring altogether, and that's not good either. These are promises of God, and we should be desiring them. But the problem is when you desire them to the point that you stop desiring Jesus, that's where it's wrong. See, when you're desiring him, when you're seeking him, everything that comes along with him, is, it comes with it. Right, but when you're when you're seeking a dream, and when you're saying, "I know, no God, I know how God leads me. God only leads me by dreams." And I mean, did you ever hear anything is ridiculous? You're limiting yourself to how God can lead you. Yes, He may have led you in dreams many times before, but that doesn't mean He He mightn't change or do something else. And you're seeking a dream all the time, looking for a dream, looking for a dream, looking for a dream, that you're missing the inward witness, you're missing the still small voice, you're missing what He's trying to guide you and direct you through the Word of God. Do you get what I'm saying? We should be desiring those things because they're promises of God. But don't desire them to the point that you stop seeking Jesus, that you stop seeking to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, and because, you know, and we were chatting about those things because, you know, we've heard it. So, you know, don't seek voices and don't seek this. And yes, there's truth to that. But God will speak to you in a voice. God can speak to you in a dream. God can speak to you in a vision. But that's not how you're to be led. Why? Because the sons of God are those who are led by the Spirit of God. He can give you guidance through those areas. He can guide you through some of those areas. But that's not how, you're not to put all your chips in the one basket. Put all your weight over here on this. I want God to lead me this way. You know, nowhere in the word does it say uh, we need to demand of God what way he, where we want to be led. Right? Nowhere in the word does it teach us those things. It tells us to be, it teaches us and reveals to us to be sensitive to his voice, to follow the spirit that is within us. A lot of the times when people have this attitude where they start seeking voices and dreams and visions, etc., a lot of the times, you know, when, when it's all said and done, they want to feel enlightened. They want to feel important. They want to feel like, oh, I have a, I have a part to play. Or they want a quick fix and a shortcut answer. Church, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't, patience is needed 
when you need to learn to follow the Lord's leading. He gives us guidance in some of these areas, but don't start depending on them solely here from the Holy Spirit. And also, these other things must always line up with the Word of God. If they don't, they're not from God. If you have a dream and it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's not from God. It's not from God. They work together. Let me just wind down here with this example in Luke chapter 2. Here, and I love this uh, here. Um, Talking about just uh, the birth of Jesus and uh, the, the, the time after this. In Luke chapter 2, I just want to read from verse um, I'll read from verse 22. There's quite a few verses here, but I just want to give you a complete picture. It says, Now when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the, God, to, to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose, whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ." So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, praise God, and the glory of your people Israel. Now, eight days after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph brought him to the temple to be circumcised, to be dedicated to the Lord. This is, what's been hap- this is what was happening here in these verses. They came by instruction from the word of God. You say, how do I know that? Well, because let me just say it, because I've highlighted three times here. It says, according to the law of Moses. Now, in the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, number one. Then again, it says, as it is written in the law of the Lord, number two. And again, it says, according to what it is said in the law of the Lord. Three times it references, they followed the instruction based on what the word of God said. Then, we can see in these verses, they were met there at the temple by a devout man named Simeon. Three times, just like it did with Mary and Joseph, to tell us that they were got there by the word of God. Three times it tells us that Simeon was led there by the spirit of God. It says, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, number one. And then it says, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, number two. And then it says, he came by the spirit into the temple. So I've highlighted here three times where it tells Mary and Joseph arrived by direction of the word of God. And three times where it tells us that Simeon arrived at the temple by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. They were all coming from different locations, but yet they came, from, they came to the same place at the same time. Why? Because the Word of God and the Spirit of God were working together. They weren't contradicting each other. They weren't in opposition to each other. They work together. They're one. The Lord will use both to lead us and guide us. You know, we need to become students of the Word of God. And I've learned that as I grow in the Word, the more I know when God is speaking to me, 
the more I know that God's speaking to me because the more of his word that I know and I've gotten into my heart. Why? Because they'll always agree, like it says in 1 John 5, 7. The word and the spirit, they'll always agree. Right? And that's what I really want you to get a hold of this morning. You can't say that you know the Holy Spirit when he speaks if you don't know the word of God. Because when you know, when you'll, if, if you know the Holy Spirit speaking to you, it's because you have you've knowledge there of the word of God also. Right? You can't say, oh, I, I haven't even opened up the Bible once, and then, but yet all of a sudden you know the Holy Spirit speaking to you. No, 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 no. It's both. It's both. You need both. Where truth prevails, deception will fail. It's that simple. You don't want to be deceived. You need to have truth in your life. Where truth prevails, prevails deception will fail. You won't be deceived if you surround and fill yourself with truth. You won't be deceived. The word is truth. When you're being led by other sources apart from God. So when you're led, you know, when you're hearing a voice that's not God. When, you know, when you've dreamed a dream that's not God. Or whatever it may be. When you've opened the door for some other things to come into your life that's not God. You will spot the fake when you know the real deal. If you don't know the real deal, you, it will make it difficult for you to spot the fake. Jesus is the real deal. Amen. When you're intimate with him, you'll spot the fake. You'll spot the deception. You'll know, oh, this is going against what God's teaching me here. I know this isn't you, God. You'll spot the fake. No matter what guidance or revelation you receive, church, I don't care if it's a dream, if it's a vision, <clears throat> if it's a voice, praise God. If it's God, praise God he's speaking to you, he's revealing to you. But no matter what revelation you receive, always test it with the word of God. The Bible tells us to prove all things, 1 Thessalonians 5.21. And in closing, I just want to share this with you. There was something that's always helped to me is this, especially when it comes to these things. And people ask me this question. And this is how I answer them. You know, like they'll ask you a broad question too, like, well, how do I know this is God? And, but you can just see in their face, they're just... There's no peace there. They're like, they're trying, do you ever get like a 10,000 piece puzzle? And you pour it out on your table and you're like, oh, I'm going to be here for months. I'm not a puzzle guy, so it's not me. But I know some people are and they get satisfaction out of it. But at the start, when you pour that out, you're like, you're, you're frantically trying to get it organized in a way that you can start putting it together. But a lot of the times in the beginning stages that there's confusion. There's like, oh, what's this? I don't know where any of these parts go, right? And something that's always helped me is this. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And in 1 Corinthians 14, it says exactly that. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So if you are receiving some kind of revelation in your life, that is bringing nothing but confusion. It's not God. Now, does that mean that when God's speaking to you, that all of a sudden we know everything or you know, we know exactly what he's saying? No, there's times when you need to give yourself to prayer. There's times when you need to seek him out on things and then he will, things will start to make more sense to you. But if you're spending your life, and I've seen people like this, they're like, they wake up and they're like, oh, I have a dream. And I mean, 
they're, they're spending all day long focused on this dream and they can't make head nor tail of it. And I've heard somebody very wise say to me, if you wake up and you said, I've had a dream and you cannot make head nor tail of it and you've spent all this time trying to understand it, it's not God. Because if God gives you a dream, he will give you the interpretation first. If God gives you a dream or a vision or whatever it may be, he will give you the wisdom by the Holy Spirit to interpret it. And he won't want you to spend all of your days trying to piece together all it. And it's just bringing more confusion into your life. And it's, it's noise in your mind that you can't hear from God when he's trying to lead you. God is not the author of confusion. If things are bringing confusion into your life, I'm telling you, God is not the source. And you need to deal with those things. Now, like I said, there'll be times when God speaks to you, you'll need to give yourself in prayer. There's times God spoke to me and I'm like, God, I don't really know what that means. But as I've prayed about it, I've known shortly after that, I may not, I've known shortly after that, that it was him. Now, I may not have known exactly piece by piece everything he was trying to tell me. And that came the more I sought him. But I knew it was him. And I wasn't confused. I wasn't tormented trying to figure all of this out. He brings peace. He's the author of peace. Amen? And that's always helped me. When, when, God, when I'm trying to figure out, God, is this you leading me? Or is, uh, if it's confusing and if, it's, if I can't make sense of it, it's never been God for me. Amen? His word and his spirit are two keys that he's given us. They'll agree. They'll work together, as we've seen from examples in the word. They complement one another. They're one. They're one. Amen. Use both of them to, to, to allow them, allow both of them to lead you and guide you. Amen. You will be blessed and you will find your way. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let us close here. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for your goodness towards us, Lord. We thank you for your direction. Oh, that we have a God that leads us and guides us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our guide. Help us, Lord, have a deeper revelation of the things that we're learning about here in your word. Help us dig deeper, Lord, in our own time to find out, Lord, how we are led. Find out, Lord, why you desire to lead us. I thank you, Lord, that your word of God, it reveals truth. It is truth. Help us be students of your word. Help us be led by your word, Lord, when you're putting scripture on our heart, when you're revealing things to us, Lord, help us grab a hold of that. Help us be yielded to your spirit, Lord, when you're giving us specifics, when you're giving us precise instructions about what to do. And help us marry the two of them together, the word and the spirit. Help us test all things and not just hear something and run with it. Help us prove all things. Shed the light of your word on everything. And it will be truly tested. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us these keys to walk in the victory that you've provided for us. Thank you that you've made us victorious in you, Lord. And thank you for your word and your spirit that's leading us on the road to walking and receiving that victory. We thank you, Jesus, for the seed of your word that was sown this morning. It will be planted in good ground. The hearts of these people here and listening online and checking on the podcast later, Lord, their hearts are ready and cultivated. Help them in this moment now, Lord, to receive the seed that it will not fall by the wayside. 
that it will get planted down deep into the good soil of their heart and it will produce much fruit. Thank you, Lord, that you're building, you're creating a a sensitivity in your people to hear from you and be led by you once again. Thank you, Father, for Psalm 91. We claim your protection over us. We say, Lord, that your word says, those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High, they shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So we are protected. We are under the protection of your wings, Lord. You give your angels charge over us, keeping us safe in all of our ways. I thank you, Lord, that no evil shall befall us, no plague shall come near our dwelling place, no sickness and no disease shall prosper against us. We are covered by your blood, Lord. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy that is forever abounding towards us and for your grace that is endless. We thank you, Lord, for as we exit out of this place, that as we go home or whether we go to work or throughout this week, Lord, that your hand is upon us. You give us opportunities to share the hope that is within us, to be ambassadors for you, Jesus, which means we rightfully represent you in everything that we do, that we walk in purity and holiness and sanctify ourselves, preparing ourselves for our bridegroom. Thank you, Jesus, for this week. Thank you for the breath in our lungs this morning that we got to use to praise you. Everything that we are is to live for you. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So Jesus, we want you to be displayed through us in everything that we do. So we thank you for this time together as a body, as a family. I believe, Lord, every single one of us are leaving out these doors different than the way we come in. Touched by your word and by your spirit. We love you, Lord Jesus. Help us walk in love towards you in everything and walk in love towards one another because your word says people will know us by our love and how we treat other people. So we thank you that we walk in faith towards you also. Never doubting you, never doubting your word, but grabbing a hold of everything that you want to do in and through us. And I declare here, Lord, that Island Church Dundalk, we're covered by your blood, we're empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the centre of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie